fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in. Deep. Marner circling. Tavares in front. Firing it to slide. Riley the rebound. Anderson stop. Marner scores. It's a leap win in overtime. Put it in front. Blocked by Theodore. Got his foot on that pass. Kachuk scores between the legs. You gotta be kidding me. He does it again. That makes it five nothing. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pucks and Deep Podcast, episode 95. You know, I cheated today, Lesko. Yeah? Did you have to Google players that had 95? So, Did it's you buying Leafs? That's where I'm going with okay. this. Welcome in, episode 95, Andre Burakovsky. Okay. I knew that already. I thought, you know, I usually say at least a Leaf or some player. I was like, 95. The only thing I could think of was like, Danny Markov, but I think he was 55. Mm. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And so I cheated. I'm like, well, I got to go online. I don't think there's anyone, but there has to be, right? I don't know. The Leafs never really have those crazy numbers. I went on Hockey Resource, great website, lots of stats, old stats, the head versus head stats, whatever you want, right? Zero Leafs in history have worn 95. Well, there you go. Would that not make you... You know, let's say you're a player in the NHL and you're you're on the Leafs. Whether you grew up a Leaf fan or you're from you know the Ukraine or something, and you've never you know you never really followed it or something, would you not want to be like, well, this is a hundred and some year old franchise. No one has ever worn ninety five. Give me it first. Definitely, you're the first. You definitely want it. I definitely want a number no one else had. No one else has you ever know, it had. It seems to happen a lot of times with guys like, especially overseas players, is they come, they get the training camp number. And they just stick with it. You know, yeah. it's like, well, I made the team with this number. 63 so. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like those, I find you see a lot of those dusty numbers. And then like maybe year in, they'll change to something cool. Yeah, of course. Well, once they've established themselves, they, they kind of lock it in. Um, okay. Yeah, I like so. how you're showing love to Mitch Marner in the intro too. We spent a little bit of time shitting on him and uh, maybe we haven't done enough good, good enough job pumping his tires or Leafs tires for that matter. But man... Been riding that Marner goal streak, betting uh, goal props. Oh, really? Just, I'm in love with them right now. <laughs> love with them. But the odds must be going down. A little bit, but not much. Like, they were fading them the other day, too. Really? Like, well, I guess it was against the Canes, you know, so thinking. But still, like, and actually, like, historically, he's played very well against the Canes. Yes. Um, yes, 100%. Kind of think back to that next-gen game that was <laughs> yeah, wild, 8-7. The, eight, well, the, eight, two, the or, two afternoon games right. against them, I think, yeah, right? We're both think, crazy. I think four points in both of those. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, he is on some kind of heater, man, and and you know we'll 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 get a little bit more in depth on on the blue and white in our dedicated segment. But big game, best game so far. 
Yeah, it was super exciting, and uh, it's just nice to see them playing more than once a week now as well. Yeah, I know, it sounds that was like weird. With uh, uh, restrictions coming up soon, too, that they'll be getting fans back in Toronto. Yeah, and, thank God. And, uh, yeah, so it's things have been looking good humming along there. You know, speaking of fans back in the building, was it ever nice to see fans in the building to watch that sweet goal from the intro from Matthew Kachuk? Yes. That guy's just full of tricks, eh? Oh, man. and uh, Loves the tweener. Loves it. Loves it, too. And, and uh, fuck, not to be outdone, though, uh, Connor Dard. Oh. That goal is... Okay. That's one of those ones that's going to win the 1v1 on TSN f- until they just take it off, basically. I should have looked up that highlight. That highlight is just nasty. Like, not only the way he turns the D-man inside out, but the the through the legs on, and the, the speed he has, oh, That's too, what I was right? going to say. Yeah, I was going to say the toe drag for me to set it up and then the finish while, like, he wasn't even thinking about slowing down. Mind you, it was in a... Not in a phone booth necessarily, but it was a pretty tight area. It's not like he toe dragged at the blue line mm-hmm. and then walked. It was in. a big. It was a big move. Like he he covered a lot of ground with it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're starting to hear a lot of more people subscribing to the idea that he's the best player since McDavid to come through the draft. So, um, I mean, we got a little taste of him in the World Juniors, but uh, thankfully, uh, though, there is CHL games on TSN now, so you can check him out. I think one of his games was on last weekend or something as well. So. Maybe Edmonton will get him. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's out doing Arizona. I know Montreal's trying, but it looks like a, a a big race between Montreal and Arizona. It'll be interesting to see what happens towards the deadline too, because like which one of those teams is gonna like shamelessly go scorched earth? Or is one of those teams thinking like we'll save it scorched earth for next year for Bedard? Right. Yeah, it's like where you trade everybody. Goalie wins like three straight starts, you're gone. You're gone. Like Buffalo that one year, and when they tried for McDavid, and yes, they didn't get him. But yeah, it was embarrassing. The anyone way they that dismantled did, the anyone team. Anyone that did well was deported. Yeah, you're gone though. <laughs> off the team. Uh, speaking of off the team, my personally, uh, my personal lead story of the evening: Marchand off the team for the next six games. Off the ice. Off the score sheet. Off my fantasy team, I got a lot of anger on this one. Before I get into it, yeah, wh- where were you when you watched it happen? And you, I mean, I knew he was going to get suspended. Okay, it's not like oh, yeah. I didn't think he wasn't going to get suspended. But you know, six games. I'm going to blow my top in a minute here to everyone listening. But where were you when you saw the highlight, whether it was live or after, or morning after? What did you think right away? I saw it. I think the morning after, and it was actually after I had seen that play where he slashed the puck off his stick. Yeah, so Jari Tristan, was trying to give a yeah, puck Tristan Jari is trying to give a puck away like to a fan, and and they're I believe they're in Boston too. Yeah, they are. Marshan skates by him, just swats his stick, and I thought that was pretty funny. And and I like, like that personally. I, I kind of do, and like I've been. I don't know. I've been enjoying Marshan's antics a little bit. Like he's doing some chirping online, social stuff media, like that. Yeah. But I was, and then I saw that other clip where he he pops him in the head, and I'm thinking, what what is his beef with this guy? Like what happened? I wonder what. And somebody might be able to dig it up, but what predated this? Like whether something from a different game or something, or did he say something? I don't know, because I thought it was weird that he just he obviously got his wires crossed and. Made a dumb play, right? Well, you know, uh, Jari kind of slashed, slashed, speared. Right. Jabbed him with the stick, coil. I guess. Yeah. No, no, it was coil. It was earlier in the game. Oh, right. During the play. 
Coyle came in, and I think the puck went deflecting off Jari into the corner, and Coyle cur- turned to go towards the corner, and Jari gave him a pretty hefty right. midsection. And you know what I didn't like about it? His blade was his blade was in. Oh yeah, he did like a blade in. That's why I kind of de- defined it almost. Did he as get a, a penalty? Spear. No, he did not get a penalty. No, I... But that's why I kind of defined it as a spear. It wasn't right. the traditional spear like you're pitchforking something. It was one handed, but he had that blade turned in. Yeah. So the blade hit Coil in the midsection. I think Coil was fine. Right. But uh, that that's what a lot of people are you know leading to believe was the cause. Right. For Marchand's antics. Now, whether... Because it was right Marsh- at the end of the game, too. It's just like he was like... Yeah. You, you had to think he was thinking, like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. Ran out of opportunities and then just snapped and popped him one. Um, I get the suspension a little bit and for two reasons. One, so he suspended six games, right? One of them being he's Brad Marchand, right? Mm-hmm. That repeat offender status. And sure. The second being it's like a really unsportsmanlike kind of goonish move, but I think it's looked even harsh, more harshly because it's the goalie. And the goalie yeah. is more unsuspecting. These, you know, the goalie's on his knees. He's in a place of vulnerability, right? So I think that's why. Because I think if it was a defenseman, I don't think they would have hit him nearly as hard. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I don't even really know where to start with the whole thing, but here's, here's, where, I'll, here's where I will start. I had it pegged for three games which I think was the right call. Yeah. Six. See, I said six, but only because that was after I saw he was getting a hearing. Oh, right. So of I knew I knew he was probably getting at least five. Yeah, but it it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee, but it sure seemed that way. Yeah, fair enough. We saw that with Spets earlier in the yeah, season. Yeah, that's too. right. But either way, like regardless of the hearing or not, like I had it pegged for three games, and my reasoning for the three games is pretty cut and dry. One game for the punch to the head. One game for the stick swing incident and then the extra game for the reputation and the fact that you were just an idiot. That's max. In my opinion, it should have only been two, Mm -hmm. one for each. But the main reason why you're getting suspended is because you're Brad Marchand. Mm -hmm. If another player does both of these antics, I'm not sure if he gets suspended because as we know, Lesko in the past, it is a very result based decision. So if Mm -hmm. Jari was actually hurt, Mm-hmm. This six is probably yeah. fucking 12. See, I think the head hit is where they get the extra game from. Yeah, well, that's... Mainly but, because but, but, it's... For what? Uh, but it, I, don't think, I don't think they're taking into account they're not like, oh, he tapped him or, oh, he drove him one. I think they're saying you hit him in the head unsuspectingly. So I think they're going to throw the book at you regardless, just in that context. But that's where your point about the goalie comes in. Because right. you know how many times that punch happens and no one even sees it? Yes. Like after a hit and, and a the guy, scrum, the guy and takes it... Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Guys get punched right in their face. Yeah. This is a game where you are allowed to drop your gloves and bare-knuckle punch someone in mm-hmm. their face. But that's in a different context, right? Like you're talking guys squaring up, guys okay. fighting, Yeah, right? okay, fine. But my point is... Yeah. But like there's, you, there's a big difference between what you just described and what happened, right? No, I know that. But if you're, what I guess what I'm trying to relate it to is if, if you're or anyone is saying... Well, he punched him in the head. You know, you got to give him a game for doing that. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, but I think that's where we're going, right? Head hits, fucking suckers the face, like anything that resembles like that. Uh, that'll, I guess, 
it's it's not a great comparable, but the Bertuzzi thing, right? Well, of course, yeah, the yeah. whole like hit punching an unsuspecting player yeah, in the head, and right? that's fair. And I think that's where they're like, can't have it. Don't care if he's hurt. Don't care how hard it was. I, I could see them having that attitude. So, okay, next next part of my issue that I have with this is why, like, I don't even know how to word this. What the fuck was the linesman doing? Right. Because I can tell you what he wasn't doing. His job. Yeah, protecting him. Take him out of there. Mm-hmm. First of all, why do you even have, why, like, he punches Jari, okay? And, I mean, come on, guys. Like, it. it's not like he hauled off and knocked him out. Yeah, he gave him a pop. He had to reach to get it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, There was nothing to it. It was, hey, I'm fucking, I'm here, and I'm going to punch you in the side of the head a little yeah. bit here. It wasn't a big deal. Now, if the linesman doesn't go and grab Marchand, then there's a brouhaha, and he probably gets five in a game, a 10-minute misconduct. He doesn't even get suspended at all because of the brouhaha. Everyone pairs up and, right. oh, Marshan hit the goalie and blah, blah. He's not getting still, suspended. I think he's still getting one. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Because then you have a bigger scene, right? Yeah, fair so enough. Like, but it's and a then hypo- they go, who's the origin of this? So. It's a hypothetical, right, and right. we'll never know. But it wouldn't be six is what I'm saying. It right. would be a lot less severe. Uh, and then, so, he, so the linesman comes over. He does what I think is a strange thing by separating Marshan from the problem, even though Marshan was the aggressor. So you would expect that someone from the Penguins would be skating after Marshan, trying to fuck him up because you just punched my goalie. But there wasn't really that type of response from Crosby, who was standing right there. Mm-hmm. He's taking a lot of flack for that. There's no response from the rest of the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins, who were all watching the play. That's so typical NHL these days. No response? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's the kind of shit you've got to respond to. Well, like, why is it there's a clean hit and somebody wants to go fight you for it, but then somebody <laughs> does something hit, yeah. stupid to your goalie? Like, that's when you really should be stepping up. Absolutely. You know, like growing up playing hockey, you had that mentality. Somebody touch your goalie, you drill them. It was over. It was all you always dropped him, yeah. no matter what. Hundred percent. No. And it could have been an accident. Yeah, it could be a little matter. bit of snow on his pads, and you dropped him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was a it was a zero tolerance policy around but the so, goalie. So Marshan ha- or uh, the linesman has Marshan. Okay, he has separated him from the situation. It, it's it's basically over at this point. Point. Mm-hmm. And the linesman and Marshan skate, you know, from the far corner through the slot area. And then the linesman just totally allows Marshan to, to fucking go near Jari. Yeah. What are you doing, bro? Handbook 101. Yeah. Take your penalized player. Check the clock. The game is over. He ain't going to the penalty yeah. box. He's going to the dressing room. Get him to the dressing room so he can cool off yeah. with a fucking shower. But no, he allows Marchand to break path, go back at Jari, and give him the high stick. Mm-hmm. Am I excusing Marchand from doing that? No, I'm not. But I am pointing out an isolated incident, which is this linesman fucked up. Yeah, where there's some control was lost, for sure. Completely. Yeah. And I, I, had, I said this point to someone uh, earlier this morning in one of my group chats, and the guy says, well, man, he's an NHL player. Do you expect the linesman to... I was like, yes, I do. That's their job. The linesmen are huge. I feel bad for them because they got to contain them. But you do have a fair point that that there was a job to be done there and they failed in it. So I I do honestly think that like if I was Marchand's camp or if I don't know if he hires like a lawyer to, (laughs) to, you know what I mean, to argue on on his behalf. If I'm that person, whoever it is, I need to make sure that George Peros 
is well one i need to make sure that george peros is awake because i don't know what the fuck george peros <laughs> is doing these days but all joking aside secondly i need to make sure that george peros is aware that there needs to be some level of accountability here on the fact that the lines yeah. didn't do his job because i wanted to ask you Lesko, again hypothetically speaking if there was nothing other than the shot to the head how many games do you think he gets like if the stick thing in the face never happens how right. many games do you think he gets you yeah. said at least one so one or two he might have gotten one just and and mainly because of his antics in the lead up to it too right right and i guess the the other unusual part about it is like i i we don't we don't know the accountability side of the ref thing right like we don't know if they're being we, we never know we, we never, never know, know the, yeah. the, about the the coaching session the guy might have said where he's like yeah you shouldn't let him go through here and obviously that led to something bad you know, there this would go. be a perfect opportunity to talk to an official about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, we uh, we got a little bit ghosted by old a little bit. Timmy Peel. Friggin' confirmed and then not. So The, the Peels he confirmed yeah. and then pulled out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pull out game. We won't strong. talk too much about it, but we're not super happy about it. We not did, super happy. We did. What, what lesson did we learn? We. Well, and I've I've okay, it was here. you. I know. I've what, said this for years. What did I learn? Uh, but Josh has, I think, finally learned that you don't announce shit till it's like one thousand percent confirmed. <laughs> but but it, he had it convinced me because he asked me or he, if he, we should, and I basically got it out of him that it was pretty fucking set in stone. So we I had said, great Let's messages. Do it. I don't know what so happened. He's... I were equally to blame, I suppose, but ultimately the blame falls on Mr. Peel. So if we have him back, we won't bother him for it. That's right. Invitation still stands. And, uh, invitation stands. We look forward to talking to you. He's but very, not, he's not very active on Twitter, too. Yeah, except, is... except in the DMs. Well, but he's, <laughs> he reads them, and he's responded oh, to me yeah. multiple times, and then all of a sudden it's nothing. I don't know if maybe he listened to an episode and he didn't like it or – I don't know. We'll see. But it's okay. We will not announce the other big guests that we will probably be having, I'd say, mid-March. So probably about a month and a couple days away, we'll probably have them on. That's going to come up quickly. we got to get ready for that one. Yes, Big guest. And I, I, I got to say, this guy is a – I don't know him or anything, but I would have to imagine that he's going to come good on his promise. I would think so. I would hope so. Anyways. My heart would be broken otherwise, and so, we would we would be letting you guys down too much. It's we true, can't it's we can't true. carry on like this. <laughs> we can't carry on. Like this. Uh, okay, so Marshan's situation is over. I'm upset with it. I'm upset with it mostly because I have him in fantasy. I don't have him now for two weeks. It really sucks. Uh, moving on. Sucks for Boston. Sucks for Boston losing Tuka Rask too. We yeah, gotta kind of say goodbye to Tuka Rask. Tormented us for years. Wish yes. he was our goalie. Yes. I mean, there's no world where that would be possible, where he could have been the Leafs goalie. It's unimaginable. But, uh, man, what a career. <laughs> Hall of Fame goalie? No. No? No. Gold I, medal. I, I, I no, not gold it. medal. Sorry. Bronze medal, Stanley Cup, Vesna. Backup Stanley Cup. Uh, Yeah, kind of, yeah. eh? Timmy Thomas. Because t- Timmy took the reins at some point yeah. and, and ran with it, yeah. eh? That was yeah, Timmy's that's Cup. That's interesting. That was Timmy's. Cup. I guess because otherwise he had good he had good runs, but never yeah, never all the, on his own. And listen, I'm not saying like oh the, the, the ring doesn't matter. I'm just pointing out that you right. know, it's not like he was Conn Smythe winning goaltender. Right. That was another guy, Timmy Thomas. Um. So I, I say he he goes to the Hall of Fame because of the fact that it's kind of the Hall of really good. It's not so much the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of really good. Right. And that's why he'll get in. Yeah. You think because he did in Boston carries more weight? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. 15, I'd like to say 15 no. 15-year career, too, matter, as a right? starter, 
a while, I guess mostly as a starter, but, you know, 15-year career, too, as a, as a goalie playing at that level, his numbers are off the charts. Yeah, his numbers are off I the charts. I don't know how much they go numbers comes down to it, but... But, like, wouldn't... wouldn't it must be harder to get goalies in there. I mean, how many goalies in the league, anyway, today have more than one ring? That's right. But Whereas they read a starter, too, right? Wouldn't you put, like, wouldn't you put a guy like Chris Osgood over, to- over top of... That's an interesting Rask? one. I hear that name brought up every once in a while. But in and my Chris opinion, Osgood had that weird reputation of just being in the right place at the right time. Being okay. Being okay, like good, just good enough. And I know the one cup was Mike Vernon actually yes. took the reins in 96, I believe it yeah. was. So, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting debate. Uh, I guess we'll see in a few years if his name starts floating around those circles. So, bad for Bruins, good for us. Yes, very good for us. It we can finally s- move on, put Don't. that trade behind us. We'll never talk about it ever <laughs> trade again. Trade trees dead? Trade Tra- trees are never dead. Well, no, it's not dead, and you guys will find out why when we move on to our next segment. Oh, cool. Okay, right on. Uh, but before we get to that point, my second lead story of the day that really upsets me, the Anson Carter situation from last night, chirping back and forth with Michael Russo, a fairly well-known Minnesota Wild reporter. So you want me to break that down for you? Because I don't think a whole lot of people saw it. Which, yeah. Which also makes Because it was on TNT. T- T- uh, yeah, TNT. Because eh. it was on, you know, on TNT, right? Yeah, it was on yeah. TNT. Wayne Gretzky, uh, Rick Talkett, Liam McHugh, and um, normally uh, Biz. Normally right. Biz is on there. And, um, and Anson Carter. So not a lot of people saw it, which I think for me is one of the one of the unfortunate things is that like this is where we do need social media to like make this into a bit of a shitstorm. And you know, Lesko, you know that I don't really like that. Like I don't really like that social media has the power to like <laughs> blow something up. And you're like, I didn't even mean it. I just I bought him a Grey Goose instead of a absolute <laughs> vodka. And now I'm I'm being canceled. You know, like that can happen a lot. But in this instance, like this really struck a nerve with me, and like I wanted people to be aware of what had happened here because I don't think that this is a very fair double standard with with Anson Carter on national television. And if anyone wants to check it out, just go on Twitter and, I don't know, basically look up Anson Carter. <laughs> like, there's going to be the video up there. It's about a minute and 20, minute, 20 mm. seconds long, and it's just before they're going to break, and Anson Carter kind of reveals... It is so cringy. He, it's too. very cringy. He kind of reveals that him and Michael Russo, the aforementioned Wild reporter, had... Uh, gotten into it, and, and just, he ham-fisted it in there. Like, oh, he jammed it. He was it like, in. oh, I, like he put it in there, basically, like kind of took it and ran with it too. Wayne even tried to save him. Yeah, he tried to take, like, change the subject. Change right? the subject. Oh yeah, that kid in Calgary, Markstrom, pretty good. Eight shoutouts. And yeah, Anson's like, no, and he I'm not cycles any back on it. Too. Cycles back. So anyway, break it down yeah, so it, the listeners have context. In here. a nutshell, um, basically, it started with Anson Carter making a comment that the Minnesota Wild had no depth and that they weren't going to be able to overcome that or something like that. Yeah, and he alluded to reporters talking about their depth, I guess, in the tweet he made. Right? Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. so, so, he, so he did kind of Oh, uh, he was like, he said, oh, Minnesota fans and reporters talking about all their depth, but they got the wheels beat off in the Winter Classic. Oh. Um, where was their depth then? So on and so forth. Okay. And, then, and then Russo replies to say, like, um, actually, like, they've got great depth. They went on an 8-0-1 run yeah. since then. Without those um, guys. I yeah. think people like me and fans who watch every game not once a month have a good idea about the team. So you see that's, And that was the end of the conversation. That's where though. I thought it started. Right. Well, that's all the only context we have. That's the only thing I've seen that's 
that there was any interaction between yeah, these no, two that, people. Yeah, no, that's all that we know publicly. But what I'm saying is I thought that the the like the sense of, oh, we're chirping each other, are we? I thought that started when Russo said, maybe uh, listen to the fans and the reporters who watch every game instead of you that watch. Like, I kind of thought that that was a, a minor chirp, but now I understand it was Anson Carter that originally said, oh, yeah, the fans and the reporters really blah, blah, blah. Right. So it kind of did start with Carter. Okay, so Right, that, that yeah, helps. so it wasn't that totally helps. out of left field, but, yeah, there was a bit of a chirp, a bit of a chirp, but minor league – Twitter bullshit, right? But even so, like the beginning of the clip on TNT on, from the TNT broadcast, which again you can find on Twitter anywhere you look for Anson Carter. Um, the the beginning of the clip, I'm totally okay with it. It's cringy, but I'm totally okay with it because basically what Carter is doing, and I kind of liked it to be honest. When I first saw the clip, I was like, man, this is funny. Like I'm okay, yeah. with, I'm okay with. And this they've beef. got that freedom and flexibility on that show yeah. too. So anyway, Carter at the beginning is just like he's like, well, I don't I don't know if you guys want my opinion here because apparently I don't watch hockey. Uh, apparently, you know, according to Michael Russo from Minnesota, I don't, I don't watch any hockey, and I'm like, this is kind of fun. They're getting a little shtick going on, and then out of absolute nowhere, left fieldville, he says, stay. So he says, stay on code. Yeah, which I didn't understand. No, no one knows what that yeah. means. Ronick had a pretty funny tweet about this. What does this even mean? But like, so he says, stay on code. Then he follows it up by saying, this is the wrong month to do this. Right, and that's when you could see. On the clip too, everyone kind of lean away from. They him. did like, lean away. They were all they 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 backed off the camera. You see, they're all like leaning like, oh uh, damn! They're kind of like, oh damn! Like, and probably had no fucking idea what he's talking about, like the rest of us, right? Well, you you don't really. The only reason why I think, you know, as we as we know, February is Black History Month. <laughs> well, and I'm so, sure somebody asked him too right after, like, what what did this guy do to you, like? Yeah. You know, so anyway, go on. Like, so anyway, yeah, the, the initial point there was um, don't do this. This is the wrong month to do this. Stay on code. Um, and then at the very, very end, right after Liam McHugh co- finally gets a like little bit ra- of control. Yeah, wraps up the Wraps segment. up the segment. And if I don't know if you heard it too, Lesko. You can hear Carter still going on in the background. Yes, yes. As McHugh That's why is- I thought it was hard to pick up on what he was saying because he was – I wonder if they even faded his mic a little bit because – McHugh was trying to like play them off into the yeah, commercial, right? Maybe, but so the the not this month part was followed up with. Um, I think he said I, I put in the prep. I don't want to misquote him, but he said something like, um, th- "This is we know exactly where he's going with this," or something like that. So he says, "This is the wrong month to do this, buddy," and we know exactly where you're going with this. Well, what, 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 what? Yeah. Where is he going with it, Anson? Yeah. What are you saying? Yeah. Like, what are you saying about Michael Russo? Like, and, and I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't care to do any deep digging on Michael Russo's profile to see what kind of racist fucking tweets he might have liked in the past. Yeah. But what are you saying right now, Carter? Yeah. And it wasn't even over yet, Lesko, because the biggest bomb was dropped at the very end, as I was just about to point out. He fucking says, sounds all white to me. Yeah. And that was like, that's when I was like, oh, okay, now I get what he's saying. But then I also went, I don't get it. Because, uh, uh, and again, everyone. How could you get it? Everyone pointed back to that interaction and they're like, was this, was he, was the beef he was talking about? And then it makes you think immediately, like, was there something else that happened between these two? Do they have some kind of history? Is there something we don't know about? And, you know, surface level shit, but there's nothing I can find. But isn't that. And Michael, Michael Roosevelt is a very reputable yes. journalist. I mean, it, you know, to insinuate I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the guy but for example 
you know, he's written articles about Matt Dumba and how his journey through dealing with racist incidents got him to where he is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, exactly. I so do, I don't, yeah. and, and I guess what's unfortunate for Anson Carr here, I don't expect to see him on the air anytime soon for one. Um, I don't know if he's going to lose his job, but I think, um, he should. I think that, uh, that obviously it's not the forum for him to deal with this. I mean, if he somehow sensed that, that he was being treated or looked upon unfairly, then that's a conversation for the DMs or a phone call or yep. something, you know. And and I thought it was even more unusual in that the the members of the media, typically whether or not they're on the same beat or they're the same company, doesn't matter. There's this brotherhood, right? There's the, yeah. the you know the they don't shit on each code other or whatever, yeah. right? They don't shit on each other. Even when some guy comes out with the worst take or an offensive take or whatever, they don't shit on each other. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was really weird and, and just. I would say highly unprofessional of them to bring that up on a live broadcast on TNT. Dude, especially wh- it was because he brought unfair. it like out of nowhere and then goes on to to basically, you know, insinuate that someone's racist. Yes. And that's pretty I mean, yet nobody can be ha- possibly be happy about it. And it's obviously probably got, you know, Michael Russo maybe perhaps on the defensive somewhat too. Cause I can imagine how, how his phone starts blowing up when, when the national broadcast in the States, you know, you got, you got somebody accusing you of stuff or insinuating stuff like that. So, well, what I wanted to say to you about it, let is at the end of the day, my, my biggest takeaway here is that I don't think that this is very fair to Michael Russo. Like, no, I think this not. is a really unfair thing, a really unfair position to put Michael Russo in. Because, again, not saying that he's a perfect person, but I don't know anything really about Michael Russo and his private life and what he thinks is morally correct and incorrect or how he walks his dog. And I don't care. But all of a sudden now, because you said it out loud with your own mouth and words, you said, I don't know if there's anything that went on behind this. Mm -hmm. So right away, that leaves an open-ended question to, well, maybe Michael Russo is fucking racist. Yeah, and you know what? If if he somehow, if Hans Carr believed that, then then pick the right forum, I guess, to be able to explain yourself because that was really like, uh, like basically unprofessional and inappropriate is kind of how it boils down to, right? Super offside, man. Yeah, it, like, it was awkward. Super offside. It was awkward, and there's been a lot of great moments on that program so far. So it's 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 unfortunate to highlight uh, one that's kind of negative because you know I have enjoyed the content that they've been putting out. And, oh, most uh, definitely, it's great. Um, been enjoying uh, seeing Biz, you know, succeed there. He's doing really well, I think, there, and and it gives them all a guy to rip on too, eh? So yeah, it's true, it's true. <laughs> and I I love the addition of Wayne. I didn't I didn't think it was gonna go. I wasn't sure what he'd be like because well. I feel like we don't know him as a personality very yeah. well and maybe because we, well and maybe because we grew up you know when he was like kind of tail end right yeah. like he retired when we were what like 10 or something yeah not you even. know late 90s so yeah mid 90s so yeah. probably the prime of like you know wayne is everything and he's in in the the face of everything in the public eye all the time was i guess you know more so in the 80s and probably early 90s before mm-hmm. you know we guess really remember shit so but on the same topic of uh, you mentioned before like reporters not they don't normally get into it too too badly with each other but it's i guess it's been going on uh it's going on like crazy these days because i don't know if you saw but frank cervelli and ej Heratic, who is a senior reporter for nhl network he's an nhl network host 
um, him and Frank Saravalli had had a back and forth. I won't go too far into it. But basically, like this EJ guy was saying that uh, the Montreal Canadiens players didn't have a culture of accountability. Uh, Ducharme had had nothing with the players. He had no credibility. And then he said players smell out phonies pretty quickly. Mm. So Saravalli respond he said you know with all due respect like what do you know about Ducharme's communication or his accountability right. and then he listed he said QMJHL champion mem- mem- memorial cup champion world junior gold Stanley Cup finalist he does have room to grow but I can say with 100% confidence that he mm-hmm. is absolutely not uh, not a phony mm-hmm. uh, and then EJ EJ claps back at him and says oh and one more thing with due respect don't confuse being an excellent reporter with knowing anything significant about the game on the oh, ice holy crap and this EJ Heratic guy has never played a game either yeah. okay Frank Saravelli wasn't a former pro neither is EJ Heratic like at least if you're going to say that you better have at least 14 games better at least experience. made it had a cup of coffee in the <laughs> exactly, AHL or right? something so right? Frank, Frank goes this is where it ends Frank goes I guess when you get embarrassed for assassinating the character of a guy you don't even know, your only resort is to attempt to question my knowledge of the game. Have some class. Don't shit on people on their way out. Wow. <laughs> and that, and that's the interesting thing, too, about uh, journalists and analysts and things like that is they have to strike a balance, right? You have to respect the game you cover, but you also you know, you want to be engaging. You want to have hot takes. You want to, you want to call a spade a spade. You want to be like, this guy sucks when he sucks. But again, there's that, that, I guess, um, element of professionalism that they have to integrate into the work to a, not burn bridges because they need those bridges, whether they're at the network. And the thing is, for all we know, Frank Salavelli and uh, buddy or Ducharme are buddies. You know, so like that, there's that other aspect of like, you know, there, there are members of the media who have very close relationships with people in the game. Yeah. So it can be easy to to tick them off, but it's very easy then to go, well, how are you going to paint this guy in his way out? Right. Yeah. This was a debacle. This guy was a mess, but you know, yeah. Your dads were buddies, so uh, you're not going to slag him on his way out. Yeah, you know, that's right. I think there's a and there's a way, and I think you know we try our best to just kind of strike that tone too of being like critical without being insulting. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's fine to to have a laugh, and I think it's fine to be critical, but you know, I guess sometimes it's at the expense of people, but you don't want it to be in a hurtful way. No, you don't want it to be right? personal. You know, and, and I think there's, it's, it's, it's a fine line and, and it's really probably hard to navigate, especially nowadays because everyone's just trying to drive engagement and you might not necessarily put enough thought into what you're saying and it's easy to come off on social media, for example, much more crass than perhaps you intended. Well, it's either two things. You're either trying to be first or you're trying to be funniest. Right. And, as as you know you can fail at both you can fail at <laughs> easily both. And, and piss as, off people in the process and as you know like as, as many comedians will will say like especially given you know the current climate and, and the way society has shifted like you can be canceled or you know you, you can make the wrong joke very quickly and and not even really mean for it to be that way mm. but the way you read the joke and the way she or he reads the joke that that's I don't know. You can't control that. Yeah, we get in a whole other debate careful. about about jokes and what's funny and what's not, and that's a 
You could do a whole fucking podcast series on that. I'm sure there is um, one. Let's take it back to the ice, though. Uh, take it over to uh, China, actually. Um, okay. I did want to talk a little bit about the Olympics. I thankfully got to tune into a game this morning. I woke up to see, to my surprise, that there was Canada versus Germany, 8 o'clock. I uh, caught about 18 seconds of it when I walked in the door on my way to work. Oh, yeah. So I, I had it on the background, <laughs> so I could kind of tune in and out and... Cuthbert calling them, eh? Cuthbert and uh, Mike Johnson. So Love it. it was a good it was a good team there. I like that. Um and uh it was it was a pretty good game, good pace to it. I found that Canada played very NHL like in that they were fairly conservative, I wanna mm-hmm. say, in their okay. play. Um I mean, this Eric O'Dell guy. A big hit, buddy. That that got me so jacked up <laughs> oh, at 8 in the morning. I was fucking pumped. I was so stoked when I saw that hit. I was like, man, way to set the tone for these guys. And he goes out and puts up a couple of points, too. Just so. turned him into schnitzel, but what a, what a beauty, man. <laughs> and uh, Like, he ran over that guy. I felt bad for that German player, man. He was, he was feeling oh, it. Oh, and then they scored right after, right too. After, in, the yeah. sa- in the same sequence, the puck goes back to the point. They put Scores. it in. So Canada ends up beating uh, Germany 5-1. Um, I thought Mac T looked really good. I thought Eric Stahl looked pretty good for a guy who hasn't played hockey in a while. You know he'd look good, though. Well, I figured he would because he's probably got more skill than, than he, most people in the fucking he's Olympics. He's a good Canadian boy. Yeah, and that's a that's a good guy to have around. Good guy win draws and all that stuff. But, Absolutely. Uh, I actually went back to Eric O'Dell because I was, I was familiar with his name. Definitely heard his name. So he played in the NHL last back in 14-15 with the Jets. He played 11 games. The year before that, he played 30. Um, after okay. that, he had a about a 67-game stint with Binghamton and Rochester in the A, and he's been playing in the K since then. So, so that's, and he's pretty old, too. He's 31. Interesting decision there, eh? Because you think sometimes the players will stick around in the AHL in hopes that they can just stay close to home and maybe get a, get a shot somewhere, get mm. a professional tryout even or something. Yeah. But then eventually it must be the money calling, eh? Let's I think go. that's what it is. A no, lot not, of guys... Not to say that he only cares about money, but when it's at that point in your career, that's a fine decision right there. I think so. And I think guys realize, you know, I could be relegated to the AHL my whole life or <laughs> cups of coffee in the NHL where I'm still making league men where I could probably go to the K and, and get a mill. Every year. Yeah, if they pay you on time. Guaranteed. But, or, or go play in Europe for decent money, too, and carve out a career. So it's you know it's not a knock on these guys. Yeah, they're not NHLers, but these are all guys who've made a career out of playing hockey. And there's a fair amount of uh, ex-NHLers, too. Uh, I thought it was interesting uh, to see Jason Demers out there. Yeah. Um, uh, Eddie Pasquale as well, who looked pretty sharp. Um, he actually reminded me of Jack Campbell a little bit. A little scrambly in the net, a little like... He played it, I think, a, a bit for Tampa, I want to say, or Florida. I can't remember a few years ago. Okay. Great handle, too. Eddie Pasquale. I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, so, USA Dummies China ate nothing, which I thought was low. That is low. Now, if you guys recall, we did talk about China back in the summer, I think, when there was this big debate as to whether or not they would play. Um, it turns out they basically took the Kunlun Red Star team and put them in the tournament. That's why they have so many North American skaters, eh? Oh. Like way more imports than they had originally planned for, and I, I don't know how they were allowed to do this, but but essentially what it boiled down to is that they decided they were going to send the the Red Star team instead of assembling a national team. Right. So where does what league does the Red Star play out? Of? So they play in the K. 
Oh, okay. And they used to be based in, in China, but I guess since the pandemic, they've been playing out of Moscow because of like travel restriction reasons. So they said the qualifications, I'm saying in air quotes, are kind of skewed because the North American players, according to the IOC, can play for a team if they've lived in that country for two years and are playing professionally there. Okay. Or playing uh, like at all, I guess. Play for the national team. Sorry. Um, so I don't know if a lot of these guys ever did. I just, it sounds like China just got whatever they wanted. They got the best possible hockey team they could have fielded right. out of it. And USA still steamrolled them. I'd like, uh, I'd like to take a closer gander at their, at their roster. Do you have it on? The, uh, if you click on there, it is Olympic rosters, uh, the rosters, and then you can pull it up and you'll see a few familiar names there. Um, but a ton of North American skaters, uh, a lot more than they had initially had planned, I guess, to, yeah, like to ice. J- Jeremy Smith probably isn't yeah. Chinese. Basically, they said whoever the hell. <laughs> they basically said whoever the hell you want, you can you can dress. That's what I think. I think they just let them do whatever they want. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's Fran. weird because I can't find. Chelios. Yeah. Jake, Jake Chelios. He must be related. Yeah, I, yeah, Ameri- there are. like I believe, he'd be American, probably. I think, be over I think there. so. Yeah, there's a few Americans, there's some Canadians, there's a Russian. Like it, it doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> um, I guess the, one of the more exciting things uh, USA I found where they're pretty exciting to watch uh, that college line, their second line, two Leaf prospects on it. Uh, Nick Abrazizi, yeah. uh, centered by Matty Beniers, uh, and then you got Matthew Knees. They picked in the second round. Yeah. Abrazizi was picked in the fourth. Um, those are looking at two solid picks right there. Uh, that Matt Nyes is very interesting to me as well. Uh, big body, unreal hands. Yeah, I was just going to say and real shifty with the flying. hands, man. Yeah, and of course, Matty Beniers drafts second overall by Seattle in the past uh, 2021 draft. Cool. Uh, so it's I, I really like the, the mixture on the rosters. Uh, USA, even more than Canada, of having a good college element to it. And... I think regardless, I do enjoy the whole guys who would never, ever get a sniff otherwise being there. Yeah. Like, I, that's where kind of good Olympics, good old wholesome Olympic stories come from. Yeah, I agree. Like, Eric Stahl is the only one, like, I think he might be the only one with any, like, Hockey Canada experience. I think maybe Demers right. played world championships or something. Sure. But just off the top of my head, I don't know if any of the other guys on that team have any international experience. I feel like Tyler... Tyler Weatherspoon rings a bell for WJC. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just rings a bell just yeah. as I'm looking at the names. But you know what I like the most about it is the real solid mixture of young and old. Yeah. Instead of kind of going all one way, like, oh, we can go just scrap together a bunch of old NHLers. Or, or young guys, or, lots of speed or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason why why not. And I, I think there was a bit of a – I don't know why, but why there was a hesitancy to do that last time. And it could have been a little more to do with uh, perhaps them not wanting to let the young guys go, um, whether it's your junior team or, or whatever. And, of course, a lot of the young guys um, already in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some interesting players to watch. Uh, Josh Hosang, Toronto Marlies, um, you know, could be a Maple Leaf at some point or another if all goes well for him. Hey, if um, all goes well for him, he'll just be an NHLer again. Yeah, forget, yeah I'm sure know. that's what he's really looking for. Leafs, yeah. great. Someone else, great. And there's no better stage. I mean, these, some of these guys will not play on a bigger stage maybe in, again in their lives. Um, right. 
David Krejci recently retired. He's playing for the Czechs. Mm-hmm. Um, our our boy Devin Levi yeah. is actually the third string goalie for Team Canada. Just the craziest, craziest three years for that guy. Where he called playing the PMC. Yeah, it's going true. Playing the Beijing Olympics. It's true, man. It's, it's it just doesn't PMC. stop with this guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, if he's in the end next year, say he's playing for Buffalo, which that seems like a wide open job too. Sure. Man, the 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 kid is just he lights out and Pretty I, cool I couldn't trajectory. be more happy. I couldn't be more happy for that guy. Me too, man. And like selfishly, I'm extra happy for him just knowing that like I was calling games. Yeah, I've like, seen I'm, him play. You seen call him play, games. man. Like literally he they would play the Carlton Place Canadians and everyone in the building just knew that you were either getting zero or maybe one. At I the think, most, uh, you were getting one, and it was deflected, or it was just—it's just crazy. Like I was he looking saved at some everything. stats on him, and I think he's lost like ten games over the last three years. That includes NCAA uh, Tier Two Junior and the World Juniors. Unreal. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, this is where the Tuka Rask trade comes back in the, into the picture. Oh, okay. Justin Pogi is the fourth string taxi squad tendy for Canada. I did see his name originally when they released all when they released everything. Yeah, so I guess that's the trade tree. I it might be uh, still active. I'm actually not certain on that because he wasn't in the trade, but it didn't happen without him. Right. Right. So he's actually 35 years old and playing uh, in the German league. That's a good way to put it, eh? Poor Pogi gets brought up so often because of that because trade. Because of that he trade. He had nothing to do with the trade. No, but he, but but he, he wears but he, it. But he also had everything to do with it. Right. Yeah, because they wouldn't have made it without him, right? Like, we know... Because I remember at the time, too, being like, well, we got Pogi. We're fine. We got Pogi. He's fucking unreal. Gold medal, best world junior goalie. Here like, we go. Fucking right. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah, don't don't look if you in case you don't know, don't look how that turned out for us. <laughs> I don't know anyone listening to this show that doesn't know how that turned yeah. out for us. Yeah, in case you're not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, <laughs> he had seven games in the NHL for the Maple Leafs, and uh, and they were brutal. Okay, this is 08, not, 09, I think just post Sundin. Did not go well. It didn't go well. He had a goals against a four thirty six. He went one four and one and had an eight forty four. Ew. Yep, and that's apparently all they need to see before he was banished. Man, oh man. He went he went straight to the E after that, played in the A for four, and then has been in Europe since twenty twelve. So Okay. Well I mean he's still there playing you know. hockey for a hey, living. Still, still making a living, still doing yep. better than us. Absolutely. I I ain't, ain't on the taxi squad for the Olympics teams last I checked. Absolutely. You are not. Um Claude Julian gets to go back behind the bench now. Yeah, it looks like uh Broke a rib. Yeah, so he wasn't... Um, day to day. He wasn't behind the bench there today, but uh, he seems pretty excited. I mean, for him, what a great gig. Like, yeah, he got fired from the Habs last year and they went on a run, but you get time off, he's still getting paid, now he's going, now he's going to the Olympics. Plus, now they suck anyways. So you're kind of oh, like... Yeah, you dodged like, one. You're kind of like, see? Yeah, you, you dodged one there. You're kind of like, see what I was dealing with, guys? Like, Yeah, for sure. I'd love to put a guy like him on truth serum. And ask him some really hard-hitting questions about that scenario. Like, okay, you got fired from Montreal Canadiens. Like, how are you feeling about that? Like, and then on truth serum, on truth serum, he would be like, "Well, obviously, I'm upset about it. You know, well, what do you think about the team? Well, the team sucks. Like, I couldn't get anything out of them. They suck. The team's bad. Then all of a sudden, they go on this run. Okay, put him back on the truth serum. Okay, now what do you think about it, man? They're in the Cup final. Like, yeah. oh, I'd love to be his buddy and really hear the truth. Come I would from wonder him. if he actually watched. And if he's sitting there like coaching from the couch, like, oh, why don't you got 
so and so on. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I yeah. What know. is this combination or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? But it's hard to it's hard to criticize when when you watch them kind of go as, as yeah, far as they did, right? Get there. Um, I guess to say on the topic of uh, Montreal Canadiens, very interesting news that uh, um, actually I heard broke by the O Dog on Overdrive that Marty St. Louis was hired as the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, apparently on an interim basis. Okay, so they're going to evaluate him throughout, uh, kind of out of left field and kind of an outside hire, but not really, once you look into it a little bit. Okay. So my first reaction is like, this is great. I always love when a guy who's never not coached in the NHL gets a chance. Yeah. Because let's let's be honest, at the like the simplest, and especially for a guy who's played that long in the NHL, coaching is fucking coaching. Like, it's, yeah, the Eagles get bigger and there's more money involved, but the X's and O's stay the same. Yeah. Right? So, okay, he's coaching his son in AAA and he's coached here and coached there, but nobody, nowhere big, nowhere professionally. Maybe that's a choice. I don't know. Um, but I'm like, that's kind of cool, right? I like seeing that. But let's be honest, he didn't get there, you know, let's say necessarily on merit totally. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's not like we're giving an outsider a chance because he won his way there. You know, I'll, I'd say more comparable to a Keefe scenario. Right. Um, who kind of won his way onto the map. Right. Um, so I, I, I found a, a – I did a bit of digging on this. So apparently Jeff Gordon, who is the president of hockey operations in yes. Montreal. Yes, Um So Gordon was with the Rangers when they acquired St. Louis, which also involved convincing him, I guess, to come there to waive a no trade. Um, Marty's son plays with Kent Hughes' son, the general manager, okay. at Northeastern University. And Marty St. Louis also coached Jeff Gorton's son uh, in Connecticut. Oh, geez. Okay. So there is a, a he's very well in, in intertwined with these two gentlemen. There's so some I guess relationships. When he, well, when you look at that, maybe a little less out of left field, a They're little less of a surprise, and a little more old boys club than it appears on the surface. Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, first off, biggest takeaway here, how about that How about that trajectory? Pee-wee, yeah. Pee-wee hockey yeah. to the NHL. See, now there's reports coming to AAA Bantam, though, that his son's ice time's already dropped. <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. I was like, what is he bringing on the table right now? Uh, yeah, so crazy trajectory for Marty St. Louis. Um, number two. So I think that we may be looking back on this in you know four or five years' time, maybe a little bit longer, maybe six, seven years' time. We may look back at these moments here, the Jeff Gordon hiring, the Kent Hughes hiring, the Marty St. Louis hiring. We'll have to see how it plays out with a guy like Marty St. Louis if he becomes a, a long-tenured coach or if it just is strictly in the interim. Right. We'll have to wait and see. But where I'm getting at is the the cultural the cultural shift. Mm-hmm. So the Canadians, you know, they've had a guy like Carey Price backstopping them to great season after great season yeah. for many Making years. Making coaches' lives easier. Yeah, but they never really were – like how much of a threat were they? Right. And, and and last year's COVID, you know, Mickey Mouse season notwithstanding, and I call it a Mickey Mouse season because if Montreal would have won the cup, they would have played a grand total of nine team or eight, uh, ten teams to right. win the Stanley Cup, which makes zero sense. So it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse season there. Um, so you can't really count that. But it's time to have a cultural shift. For the for right. the entire organization, and I kind of liken it to when the Leafs went through their cultural shift mm-hmm. when they got away from the corporate owners and they started having the right 
people in the right position and they brought in Brendan Shanahan right. to be president of hockey opera, or I guess he's actually just the president yes. of, of the franchise or of the yeah, team. Yeah, so it's on the board too. Yeah, so. so you know they had Brendan Shanahan come in, then Shanahan brings in his guys, it's Mike Babcock, it's Lou Lamorello come in, you know, then they, they hand over the reins to the young Kyle Dubas, Kyle Dubas has his guy, Keith, come in. So it really, it trickles down and it's a, it's a changing of the guard. Yes. And I'm thinking that perhaps as early as, when did Gordon get hired on? Was it in the uh, summer? Bergeron or in the was fall? fired early in the season, was he not? Yeah, okay, yes. in the fall, yeah. or, uh, mid-fall. So anyway, like Bergeron gets let go, Gordon comes in, and now he's the president of hockey operations, and he appoints Kent Hughes as the GM. So Kent Hughes, yes, he's the GM, but really Gordon runs the show. Right. Whereas I'm not quite sure what the relationship is like between, let's say, you know, what I just compared yeah. it with, Dubis and yeah. Shanahan. I figure that it seems like it's going to be pretty collaborative if you got these guys who are that close. I think so, right? yeah, I think so. And I think that's, again... More of what we saw with the Toronto Maple Leafs and their cultural shift was really important to erasing some of the bad taste in your mouth right. from, from recently. Now, I know they just went to the cup finals, so it's not like they have a bad taste in their mouth, but I'm honestly, I'm not discrediting the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens for that run, but I am removing it from the picture. Yeah, but I, and I think it's a lot of it has to do with moving on from the Bergevin era in that constant throw everything at the wall see if it sticks to compete type thing and yeah. actually like and middle and maybe yeah and, and making that that long-term play right like the same thing ottawa's gone through the same thing toronto went through five years ago the same thing that we might see the vancouver canucks go through and we'll get to them in a bit about all the front office changes that they're making as well um, but so i think well yeah that, that's a whole other wild card there um we'll see yeah like it's crazy you know we have so much off ice stuff to talk about it's been such a, a busy week i guess and um coaches just flying out the door left and right how many so um, far now i think it's six this six season total this and season four of the seven canadian coaches have been fired so four out of the six coaches right. fired have been canadian coaches yes yeah. Already. The hot seats in the hot Canadian markets. And did you read that little tidbit I put in about Keefe, which is kind of crazy? Right. Uh, do you want to go ahead with that? Well, Keefe is longer tenured than 20 other coaches in this league. It's crazy. And he hasn't even coached a full 82-game yeah. season. That's insane. Courtesy of friend of the show, Luke Fox from Sportsnet. Goes to show you like how, how quickly they burn through. I mean, just just look at the Oilers. They just burned through another one. Dave Tippett right. got let go. Uh, they brought in Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. I think I believe Jim Playfair got the axe there as well. Um, after a bit, pretty abysmal loss against Chicago last night, 4-1. And I... I watched a bit of it just because I was interested. And I was like, I had a tune in the Oilers that talk about them awful lot lately. But... And what I saw a lot of, and that's, again, small sample size, but I saw a lot, a lot of McDavid and Drysaddle looking like they're out for points. Really? And that's been the knock on them for a while, right? Not playing both ways, both ends of the ice. But it seems like maybe this year has slipped away mentally because it, it looks more pronounced. Like yeah. there was a lot of float and there was a lot of leaking, you know. And that's not... They're too important to that team. They're not deep enough for those guys not to play defense. No, that's right. And and Kenny Holland said today, although he said it kind of poorly, he said, you can't win games 5-4. Well, I believe that's incorrect. But <laughs> the Oilers have a harder time outscoring than the problems than apparently the Leafs do, right? I believe that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you know, it's a really good point about about the McDavid and Drysdale situation because if they were surrounded better and if they had better depth, maybe they should talk to Anson Carter about depth, but if they had better depth, they would they wouldn't be as relied upon to right. play that defensive game. Yeah. But then as soon as I hear myself say that out loud, yeah. I want to take it back though because Well, you're the best players in the league. Yeah. Figure it out, right? Look and cuz Go ahead. I was going to I was going to say look at our boy Matthews. Right. He's okay. one, of the, one of the better defensive centers in the game. One of the better right. defensive centers in the game by far, Lesko. And I, I mean, think if you're going to want to be the guy on your team, that with the way the game is now, with the way the salary cap is, you have to be, you know, if you want to be one of the tops in the games and you're going to carry your, like, help carry your team, and, and unfortunately there's probably more on McDavid and Drysdale to carry his team than, say, Matthews, Matthews Tavares. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to play defense. Dude, like, you have to you, be a 200-foot player. Especially when you don't have the depth, especially if you're not that good defensively, especially if you don't have the goaltending, which we know they don't have. Like, you have to be a 200-foot player if you're going to be that good yep. or if, you're, if you want everyone to regard you as one of the best players in the league. You can't just be one of the most lethal players in the league. Yeah, and we see that perhaps earlier in the season, McDavid and Dreisel were outscoring the Oilers' problems because they were putting up, I think it was almost two points per game. They were up like 1.8, 1.9. Now they're under one point point per game each in the last, I don't know, 20. Yeah, that's been abysmal for them record-wise. It makes me feel it's it really softens the blow for me this year because this is this I had I've had Drysital for the last four years in fantasy like up until last year I had him and uh, it was tough to let him go well not let him go I had to let him go the, his contract expired he went back into the uh, back into the draft for our pool but uh, I remember like picking my keeper selections and seeing Drysital and kind of mentally just saying goodbye to him and saying, hey, man, it's been a hell of a run. I won the championship last year. As you, can see the, all you can see the cup here behind me. Like, I got the best out of Leon Dreisaitl, and now he went back to the draft, and he ended up going second overall because, of course, McDavid went back into the draft as well. So the guys in first and second in draft positions got gifted McDavid and Dreisaitl respectively, and it really softens the blow for me uh, losing Dreisaitl because, I mean, it's not like he's not good, Lesko. He's still obviously incredibly talented, has lots of points, and 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 crushes in terms of fantasy. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's far removed, uh, or at least he looks far removed from putting up two, three, four points per game for the yeah. Oilers. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. Like, I, I understand this is another interim situation, the review in the offseason, but fuck, what's that four coaches McDavid's had now? Coach Killer. We're talking McClellan, Hitch, uh, Tippett, and... Now we're on number four, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there could be another one in there. I don't know. Let's shift west a little further. I want to talk about the Canucks front office additions. Uh, big shake up there. And, and kind of, I would say good on them for getting this done during the season. You know, not, I mean, well, we could say Jimmy, Jimmy Benning getting kicked out is well overdue. Right. But it's nice to see them bite that bullet and kind of tackle the issues during the season. Probably acknowledging it's a lost season, but uh, the biggest, most recent news, Cami Granado is going to be leaving Seattle to become the AGM in Vancouver. That's pretty huge news. Um, shout out to the Ferraro family. Uh, Ray, just the lowly commentator, while his wife is the AGM and his son is an Olympian. The Olympian. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> what a month for the Ferraro family. Know, eh? Kid gets announced on the Olymp- Like That was big when he was announced that he was yeah. going to be, at least I think when they announced that he was on the radar. Right. And then let alone, of course, he, he, you know, he makes the team. That's pretty fantastic for uh for Landon Ferraro and then yeah uh Cami Granado 
going off for assistant GM in the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Very, uh, very forward thinking there too by the Canucks. You love to see it. Absolutely, man. And and uh, and these people are overdue. I mean, I would say people probably had Kevin Granado and uh, Amelie Kassongi, who is the AGM as well in Vancouver. Amelie uh, Kassongi. You know, I, I feel like that I've, sweet name. I hear everyone say it in English, and it's just not the same. Castongue. Well, I've heard people say Emily Castongi, like say it pr- half English, half no, French. You gotta no, you got to go all Emily Castongi. Emily Castongi. That's too sick of a French name it not is. to like say it in its full Frenchness. <laughs> it is, man. Top fromage. Yeah, exactly. So uh, she was a former <laughs> player agent, now AGM in Vancouver as well. She's the first AGM in team history, narrowly beating out Cammy Granato by a couple of weeks. Um, highly educated, very impressive resume, and has barely been on the team's like kind of top. I seen her feature in a list, basically like top females to be potential executives. Right. Okay. Um, and also, uh, uh, Vancouver brought in, I believe, Rachel Dory as well as a analyt in an analytics role. So it's good cool. to see uh, uh, some some ladies getting their due finally uh, with the Vancouver Canucks and in the NHL. Uh, Remains to be seen how it'll work out, but I think anything looks better than Jimmy Benning if you're a Canucks fan right so. now. I think so. I think so, man. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really exciting to see. I, I, I'm looking forward to you know where the Canucks are going to go. And if, again, maybe you just talked about it before, maybe there's going to be a bit of a cultural shift with teams like Vancouver as well because they've kind of been you know, middling, uh, not doing so great lately either. Like, when are they going to take a, a step into contendership? Right. Like, are they there? Are they going to be there? Yeah. I don't know, man. And they had to do it's it tough. now. Like, they had to pull the trigger on that now because you got to do it while Horvat, while Pedersen, while all those guys are still young and under contract and build around those guys, right? Right on. All right, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, so we hit the hour mark. We said we didn't, we didn't want to go too, too long here. No guests today, unfortunately. Um, I really did want to talk to you about the Coyotes. Yes, uh, very interesting news tidbit that came out uh, last week, I guess, that they were in talks with ASU and Arizona State University to play in their new barn. Um, <laughs> so... Where to begin with this one? I'm excited for this conversation. Currently, this arena seats, I have a hot take here. seats 3,200 people. Um, the Arizona Coyotes have agreed to contribute to renovations to bring up to 5,000 people. Um, but that's still going to be impacted, right? Because and the news of the day. Of all the equipment and cameras and correct, stuff like that. Correct, yes. And the news of the day, though, is that in par- as part of the agreement with ASU, they have to pay up front yeah, well. rent and renos and... Something tells me they got a bad credit reference from the city of Glendale. Yeah, no doubt. And all their vendors. <laughs> yes, and all their vendors, Because we went through and that And there was a well. big athletic article that's just basically a bad Terrible, credit, but yeah. terrible credit reference. Alex Guerra, Guillermo or Gu- Guerres? Gu- Gutierrez? Gutierrez. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I hope we're right about that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, so my hot take on this. You ready for it? Ready. I'm pumped about this. Like I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be awesome to watch on TV. I think the atmosphere is gonna be sick. Do you think it will be, or do you think we'll have those crappy junior barn angles where they're not quite like high enough? No, I meant NHL. Well, yeah, I guess they're gonna. If NHL gonna, standards. Money's gonna go into something. They'll go yep. into the broadcast. NHL shit, right? standards, right? So it's gonna be bright lights, crisp looking ice. It's gonna right. be so basically. Except for the arena part. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're not. They're not going to be panning around in the arena. Anyway, my point is, is I have never in my life considered 
oh, I got to go to a Coyotes game. I got to go to I got to go to Arizona. Take a take a vacation to Arizona for you know four or five days and and maybe catch a Leaf game or something right. like that. And instantly with this news breaking, I want to go. I want to go, and I want to go to a game in this barn. I want to go to an NHL game in this barn. We could probably afford season tickets. But think about it, though. Think about going to a Leaf game. It'd be the hottest ticket in town because there's only going to be 4,500 of them. Yeah, except for every other ASU sport. Yeah, but... Plays in that barn. Well, no, I mean for Matthews. I just mean specifically for the return of Matthews, right? right? So it'd be a big game because the Coyotes uh, or the Leafs pull a pretty good crowd in Arizona, and you have to imagine that that is because, you know, right. home, hometown kid, Austin Matthews. But I guess, like, what I'm trying to say here is I know it's a joke, okay? I, I know it's a joke. I know that it's not it's a good— low-hanging fruit. It's not a good thing that they will only be able to have, you know, less— it'll be less than 5,000 people once you factor in, you know, equipment, cameras, analysts, and journalists, and all that, like, because it's still an NHL production. And when the big teams come in, when the Rangers come in, and the Blackhawks, and the Leafs, and the Habs, and all these other teams, when they come in, the Bruins, Penguins, like, there's going to be lots going on there. So it's still going to be an NHL production. And I think, like, I'm going to be a lot more inclined to throw on the St. Louis Blues at Arizona Coyotes. I'm gonna put it on. Do you want to see how many seats they can fill in that barn? Yeah, but what do you mean can fill? Come on, dude. Don't should I know, they fill it every time? Are you kidding me? Like, dude, they should. think, think they about should. it. Though. They're going to. They should. It's not even about. Should, I don't know man. what their like, average attendance is. Um, but well, it's over five thousand. It should be. <laughs> no, 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 it's way over five thousand. Okay, so they should be good in that regard, dude. I think they they have so, over they have over five thousand so season ticket thing, holders. Good thing in that they'll be able to fill the seats. So I guess that's like a what is that a PR win? Well. I, I honestly I think it's more than just a PR win. I, I again call me crazy if it's a hot take or whatever. That's what the or show's for. Do you think for. they'll be able to create like an atmosphere? I think it's going to be awesome. Right. Yes. But is it still a joke because it's an NHL game? Yes. No, but that's where I'm okay. Because like the London Knights have bigger crowds than that. I know. Yeah. And the, right? Yeah. I'm okay with making those jokes. I, I, think, I really well, I, am. They can play at the PMC. Yeah, I know. Like, do we want to Pembroke Coyotes <laughs> renamed to the Wolves? Yes. Bring them up here. Anyways, like, fuck, we got a barn. Like you see, I I'm okay with all these jokes, and I'm I'm also making all these jokes. But when it when it's time to cut the shit and actually be serious about mm-hmm. this, I think that this is going to ultimately be a good thing. Right. But how? Okay. Ultimately, though, what? But what is the what? Um, I guess what determines if it's ultimately good for the league. Because isn't ultimately good more seats, more sales, more money? But ultimately, ultimately much, means later, though. I guess, I guess. So it's bad. But we've been saying later about Arizona for a long time. Yeah, right? but we've yeah, but they've never had. This is a very unique situation, bro. They are turning a. They are basically taking a total afterthought. Hey, man, I got tickets to the Coyotes game. Do you want to go? What the fuck are the Coyotes? No, I don't want to go. Let's go golfing. You know, like they give the tickets away or they just don't even go like they, they I think what's going to happen here is they're going to turn a total afterthought into a must see event because now you're going to pack the barn. Who's going to put the money up to do it? What do you mean? Who's going to put up the like I like I guess the hope is and what you're saying is the Arizona puts in the money and the effort to create this dynamic environment, right? Uh, no, I think it will happen naturally. Like just from the small barn, barn packed crowd. Yeah, yes, small okay. barn, packed crowd. Yeah. 
I want a ticket. Well, guess what? Tickets used to be thirty-seven dollars. They're now sixty-two dollars. Yeah, I think they're like fifteen dollars. No, but whatever they are, we'll like, see where they go. I think the prices will go up because people are going right. to want to go. I'm glad you have such a positive lens on this. You, well, you're going to have college kids being excited yeah. to go there. Get party get afterwards. Free with your student card. Sure, whatever. <laughs> but then there's like they're going to be doing the wave. It's, there's only going to be forty-five hundred yeah. people there, but it's it's totally different than forty-five people in a in an eighteen thousand seat arena. Right. Because when you think about an NHL production right now, you got like an eighteen thousand seat arena. Even if you fill that arena with eighteen thousand people, mm-hmm. it, they're still quite removed from the ice surface. Yeah. And sometimes you don't really get the sense that the whole building is rocking. Right. And that's why Winnipeg gives out that vibe right. that they're fucking rocking. And it's because it's smaller, too. but just, it's smaller and yeah. it's louder because it's smaller. You look at those old World Junior clips, man, when they used to play in those like old fucking barns with fans only on one side. Right. Like those 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 clips are wild, man, because the cameras are right there. Mm-hmm. The fans are right on top of the cameraman. You can yeah. almost hear people chewing on their food for God's sakes. Well I'm glad you've got an optimistic and positive view of it because I think otherwise if you're if you're looking at uh from a Leaf fan perspective, for example, salary cap, now a bigger issue maybe no fans attending games in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's talk, temporary. Like, if, okay, so if this, I'm a player paying escrow and I'm an owner of another team in the league or I'm a GM managing the salary cap, I'm pissed about this. Yeah. Because I'm like, what are you doing? Not only is the NHL eating money and put money in and eating money and eating money and giving away money and gone on their way to prop up this franchise. It's a money fire. Is this, is this a new low in the story? Despite the po- without the positive twist that that you alluded to, oh, it is. And listen, my positive twist like is, is this the biggest blemish on Gary's record? It has like, to, to be. date. Yeah, it has like, to the, be. Just the whole Arizona experiment kind yes, of thing. Yes, it has to be. And, and let me be clear here: like my my optimistic viewpoint has nothing to do with the business aspect. I completely understand yeah. and agree that and this is an abomination as they far were as the business very is concerned. Very excited about these new owners and so far it's been a fucking disaster. Yeah. But what do you expect? You bring in big big business people into a business losing money, the first thing you do is start torching expenses. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. Um we won't know for a few years. I mean, it, I guess it's going to be a minimum of 3, eh? It sounds like it because it's going to take them time to get a deal in place, build an arena, or find them a home in Houston. So, Or find them a home in Houston. Yeah. I thought one thing was pretty funny when uh, someone tweeted and they were like, well, you guys all finally got your wish. The Coyotes have moved. There you go. <laughs> oh, but they're still the Coyotes and they moved to uh, the, the PMC in Pembroke with 5,000 seats. That was their third, I think their third arena move in the last decade, right? Oh man, it's it's unfortunate, and it's it's the weirdest thing going, and and especially for a pro sports league because I feel like any other league and any other franchise they would have moved them twice by now, right? You know, like look at the NFL, and and mind you, the NFL owners are billionaires, and they fucking march their teams around because the city won't build them arena. But like you look how fast those teams jump ship, yeah. You know, and maybe because it's more, you know, bigger money, bigger market. I was just going to say follow the money, right? Yeah, bigger sport. Uh, Maybe the NHL doesn't have an immediate answer. And I understand their desire for that market. I mean, Arizona is one of the largest growing states in the the United States Mm population-wise. So I totally understand why they're going for it. And I totally understand they were why they went there in the first place. But fuck, is it just a a snowballing mess? It is. You know, it's It's been... it's been bad press after bad press yeah. after bad press. I'm just 
I, I think the main reason why I had my my positive thinking and my hot take on this or whatever is because my like my first reaction was laughter. Like, oh my God, what right. a joke, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then almost immediately my second reaction was I want to go to a game. Well, it'd be like you do have a point. It it should be kind of cool. Like it should create a neat atmosphere and hopefully drive some interest in the fans. Yes. And hopefully by, you know, some partnership with the university that they get some young people in there. Yes. Make fans out yes. of them. Get those rowdy university students from the basketball games. Get them discount. going nuts. You know, you bought a, bought a ticket to the basketball team, we'll give you a, a 15% off a hockey ticket. You sure. Know? Get those lunatics, those frat idiots and all that into – into the, the barn yep. and get that college atmosphere going. Give them a two-pack. Basketball sports, game, hockey, go- man, hockey game. College sports, whether Canada, U.S., football, basketball, hockey, soccer, man, the shit's fun. Absolutely. I mean, it's, the beer's flowing, but you got a lot of young, rowdy people who are just, you know, if, if only you can bring that school spirit mentality and put it behind the coyotes, yeah. maybe you'd get something out of it. Well, I think you're going to get at least some runoff. I really do. I don't see how you can't because it's not like they had – Every well, they did have every opportunity to push the college crowd towards Glendale, right. but you know that's that's a tough ask. Yeah, but now it's right in their backyard, so mm-hmm. all of a sudden it natural like it could happen organically. And for me personally, like I would, I, I'm not even kidding. Like I, it's three years next season, and then two more seasons after that. So I've got lots of time. I would honestly love to go. And schedule it where I can watch two games in that arena. One against the Leafs and one where they're the home team. And I get to be like when in Rome. Like I want to go and cheer for my Leafs. But then I also want to go and be... Went, do the when in Rome thing, like right. cheer for the Coyotes, high fiving people from Arizona, like maybe bring one of my you know oh, Chinese have to score jerseys goals for 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 you to give. High I fives. know, but maybe in two or three years from now they will. Who knows? But yeah. either way, that's the, that's the only thing I'm coming from. I was really excited to talk to you about it because I did have that thought, and I was wondering if I was crazy on that, maybe alone on an island. No, but. it makes sense. It totally does, and uh, you know, I guess if I'm glad you scraped the one positive out of it because you and Gary Batman probably both did the same thing. What's that? Pulled the one positive out of oh, the yeah. situation. Because <laughs> I, I remember so, they yeah. asked him about the All Star, and he was like, he was really glossing over it, like it was, it was everything was fine, and it was going to be great, and all this. And it's like, hi, this is a typical Gary. This, and this is when he comes off super disingenuous too, when you know he's lying to you because he's just, you know, he's towing the company line. He's he's trying to paint the picture, right? Yeah. Um, what did you think of the All-Star? Did you watch much? Did you just get some skills comp in or anything no, like the that? No, the on, I'm not even going to lie to you. The only thing I saw was the Zegras Average Joe's blindfold. And it was deep. sick. And that didn't win. He what? Got, he got he got homered. Friggin' they picked Petrangelo. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I did not know this. I know. It was a complete joke. What did Petrangelo do? No, I don't remember. See? Oh, That's my That's how important God. it was. Bro, come on. But, yeah, I don't know how they didn't give it to him. It was, it was take away the props alone. It was sick what he did. He did it blindfolded. And he did it blindfolded. And he scored. Like, having Zegers there was awesome. Like, that, don't get me wrong. It's not like the goalies are there to make saves. Yeah. But uh, he scored. Yeah, and they brought in goalies, too. So they had... Manon Rayum And some actor playing goalie. Man, Manon has aged well. She's doing okay. Manon has aged well. She's doing okay. Let me tell you. Um... But yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty entertaining. They got the right kind of creative players in that. Um, 
I didn't see the 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 blackjack shootout thing, but I did see the the platforms out on the fountain. I wanted to see that. Yeah, so it was kind of neat. Like it was a neat competition, it and it, it was cool. So they had Jerry D hosting it, right? So okay. he's kind of making jokes and stuff. Yeah. But the most awkward part, there was no music and there was no crowd. Like I think there was some people around the oh, edges, but this no. fountain's fucking massive, right? So there was, it was so quiet. Like the, it was just like Jerry D talking quietly, <laughs> like having, rep- like talking to the players and, you know, making jokes, but there was no beats playing. Like it was fucking weird. But I feel like that's right up Jerry D's alley. Cause he, I guess. he does well with like that awkward, like I'm going to make awkward jokes and <laughs> yeah. And it took, it took a while. Like some of the, some of the guys missed, you know, they'd get uh, go three for three and then miss the one platform repeatedly or something. Right. So, yeah, it was funny. It was it was kind of a neat thing, but as far as like a production went, they, I thought they could have done a bit of a better job. Yeah, which is weird because Vegas. The, right? No like music was the weirdest thing. That is like, strange. You, you needed a little like bump to bump in the background yeah. or something, right? Well, they couldn't bring Green Day in dropping f bombs all over the place. No, no, they had uh, <laughs> uh, MGK. I guess played the. Show. I didn't see it, but oh, okay, he played during. Yeah, I oh, thought I he see. died okay. when Eminem buried him there last year, but. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yeah, no, I didn't really catch much of the All-Star or skills. I had, As you know, I had the gigs there with the band on, on Friday and Saturday. Thanks for coming out again on Friday. Appreciate seeing you there. Yeah, I'm basically um, a groupie now. I got a t-shirt. Well, hey, thanks for bringing out a table full of women. Hey, you're welcome. That's, that's you can count on me for something. <laughs> that's exactly what you said to me six beers deep on Friday. I said, geez, man, way to go bringing in all the women to the show. He's like, yeah, well, if you can count on me for one thing. <laughs> nah, really, I owe it, I owe it to Lee, our boy Lee because uh, uh, his girlfriend's sisters were in town. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> it was too easy for you. Great, no doubt, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I wish I would have been able to catch a little bit more of it. I, I don't – I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the game and everything, but – you've heard me bitch about it in the past here on the show. I, I just can't get into the all-star game. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm the majority there. Like I feel like yeah. the majority of fans just can't get into the all-star game. And no. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Let's go. I, I really don't think that the all-star game is, is something that like, yes, they want to have good TV ratings and they want eyeballs and whatnot, but at its core, it's just not possible to make people interested. So the no. All-Star Game and the All-Star Weekend is for the locals. It is. And, and I was just about to say that. I think that's – and that's why they have it in Vegas this year. They have it in Florida Different next spots, year. Yeah. It's, it's let's put it in markets where we want to grow the game, where we can have a whole weekend with activities to interact with the fans and, and, some and of get the, the kids best. out. The league's and the best. league's best. You know, the people, Pictures, people, autographs. Exactly. Like memories. That's, that's what it's all about. It's about the locals. It's about the fans. It's about growing in the game as far as the TV production goes I thought they took a good stab again with the with the skills comp by freshing it up throw a couple creative games in there I think they should keep that it shouldn't be a kind of stuck in stone format and we kind of keep changing keep it things up every fresh year. and yeah. keep coming up with new ideas um, it's unfortunate though because I think and I think we talked about this recently as well but going back to when they had the draft when Kessel got picked yes. last yes. that's one of the best things they ever did that was that was one TV event on yes. a Friday before the All Star game. Yes, it was the best, and it was the best. Like it was the best. They, I don't know the numbers, but I, they probably had better ratings for that in the damn game. <laughs> I agree. It was interesting, right? Well, I think the reason why they probably didn't have better ratings in the game was I believe that was the first year where they had the multiple teams. Right. 
Was it? Yeah. Or oh, was wait, it just no. two teams? I think it was just two teams. Yeah, a no, long you're, time no ago. you're right. It was only just two teams. You're right. But that was a great idea. And look, the NBA took it and ran with it. And NHL never did it again. Because apparently Brian Burke threw a hissy fit about Kessel getting ripped on for being back last. Yeah, but I mean, Kessel is like a perfect guy. Oh, he's like, and if anybody's... Blow it off. I mean, if anybody's cool enough of a guy to just take it and not it's give Phil. a fuck, it's Phil, right? It's They call him Phil the Thrill because he has no thrill. Yeah. And then, Phil the yeah. Chill. Yeah, Phil does not give a fuck. Like, <laughs> Phil the Chill. That should be his new nickname. Yeah, there, There'll never be a, a better gif in the world than that one where uh, all the penguins are riding the bike, like the post-game bike ride, and everyone's giving her on the bikes. They're chugging. They're going hard, and it pans over, and you see Phil, his back straight, head back, just flopping back and forth, barely moving, sucking wind harder than ever. <laughs> I do like that one. The other one I love is... Good one, Randy. One of my favorites all time, for sure. <laughs> Good old Randy Carl. Yeah. I drop that on a regular basis. Good one, Randy. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. So good. The guy had such a good personality, and I feel like you either had to be a real stout follower of the team or around the team to, to really actually understand that, no, Phil isn't this sour puss fucking baby. He's hilarious. The boys love him. He's yeah. full of jokes. Like, yeah. he's a good guy. Like, yeah. you know, it was something a bit of a, a common misconception was that, you know, he was a bit of a drama queen or something like that. But I, I really appreciated the, the time that Kessel was a Leaf, and I'll always love him. Yeah. What? Uh, here, here's two, two Leafs I'll throw, I'll throw back to. And you tell me if you would acquire them at the trade deadline. Uh, Luke Shatton. No. How come? Because he's terrible. Hmm? I don't know. He won a cup with Tampa. He's doing okay in Vancouver. And if you can do okay in Vancouver. I always say, I actually was going to say earlier in the show when we were talking about. They're talking about it costing like a bit to get him, like a third at least or something, which really? I was surprised. You know what? Okay. So let, let me, I answered that in haste. I thought mm -hmm. it was like rapid fire style. So I uh -huh, answered it in uh -huh, haste. Uh -huh. You know, it's been some time. The team is totally different now. Back when we had him, it was supposed to be Luke. Was Shen. that your immediate thought good. of what what he was like at the tail end of his leaf? Career? Well, yeah, like he was just he had five thumbs. He couldn't right. do anything right. He couldn't touch the puck. But like, if we were to bring him in, he wouldn't be getting these big minutes no, where he has third the puck. pair. Yeah, he'd be third pair. You probably bumped Dermot out or something. So no, he's right hand righty. So maybe Lilligren. So in that in that sense, I am more open to it. Right. But I would still prefer not to. He's thirty two. I would still prefer not to. Prefer not to. But do you agree that they should add some defensive depth? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So not Luke Shen, though, you think? Not Luke Shen. He's a righty. Yeah. Whatever. Basically a unicorn. Basically a unicorn. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phil Castle, though. Oh, man. We're still That's paying him. That's a tough him. one. This is the last year that we're paying him. We I might know. As well, we might as well bring him back. Just for extra value pay on him that twice. money. Right. <laughs> extra value. Extra value on that money you're paying anyway. Wouldn't that be crazy, though? Like, he gets bought out whenever it was. We have to pay him for so many years. And then at the very end of it, he actually comes back, back and continues playing. Yeah. Under the old contract that we gave him and the new contract right. that he has with Arizona. Yeah. Um, you know, dude, I'm going to have to pass, though, again. I'll pass, too, because I think it's just novelty. I don't think they... It is just novelty. I don't think they need him. Is really, they absolutely do not need he, him. He can, score, he can still score. He's still a decent player, but 
I think what they're going for in those roles is more two-way than Phil has to offer. Oh, 100%, dude. <laughs> right? Like, Listen, if we needed a top six scorer, different story. Bring him in. Absolutely bring him in. We Play can him sh- on all offensive we can, line. Yeah, we can shelter him a little bit. You know bit. what? The Oilers can take him. Yeah, give him to the Oilers. He'll okay. fix him up. All right. That's it for my, my, my Leaf comeback stories. So. But listen, I mean, we talked about how badly we might want to have a guy like Claude Giroux on the team. But we can, like, that was last week, right? We talked right. about Claude Giroux. That's just a fairy tale. Like, we know it's not going to happen. It's just mm-hmm. talking about the type of player that we would want to see. Right. So, Phil Kessel, while very skilled offensively. Doesn't he bring d- that Claude Giroux element. No, yeah. no, he doesn't bring that. Where not I'm that gonna- I'll kill, you, kill somebody for Stanley Cup. Yeah. But Phil's got... Cup more cups. Than well, of course Giroux. he does. Of course right. he does. No doubt. And he was a big it. part of that. I would even go as far to say that Phil Kessel got jobbed out of the. He Conn did Smite. get jobbed out of the Con Smite. It should have been Phil's man. He did, man. He got robbed because he was Phil fucking Kessel. Yes, because he I looked, agree. Because he looked like your dad, who's washed up, who said he didn't make it because he broke his knee. He went. He, he could have went pro. Yeah, he that's, went that's pro. what he looks like, and I feel like there's bias because of it. <laughs> you got to look good to win the fucking Con Smite. Yeah, not with that salad. You ain't winning <laughs> shit. I mean, Malkin's the ugliest guy on earth, but. <laughs> it, it, it still has better hair than Castle, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure he does. All right, man. Well, listen, is that it for the show this week? That's or it what? for the show this week. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up. Pucks and Deep Podcast. Thanks for listening. As, no, as is per usual, you can follow us on Twitter. That's the show. At Adam. No, at Adam. I don't even know my own handle. You at say Les, this part. Why at am I, let's go, why Adam. Why am I stealing your thing? Well, I don't know, because I'm, I'm trying to get the... I'm at Let's Go, Adam. At here. Coleman42. At Puck Pod. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find Josh's band on the internet, too, if you look hard enough. Hey, it's true. You don't even really have to look that hard. No, you Come don't. Yeah, Sawmill Road, baby. Sawmill Road. I don't know what happened with the thing. We, we, we got to get a better thing. What do you mean? We got to oh. get a better system. Well. Look at this fucking system. You mean this stu- high-end studio is not up to snuff? No, it's not. It's a Xenix Q802. And I got it on Amazon. Way back when we started. For a very cheap price. Hey. It's been working. Hey, it's got us this far. That's it's got us 95 episodes deep. And we've been through like four microphones. That's true. That's true. We do have nice, good headsets now, though. Uh, those were those were very key. Very key to have those. So, yeah, like my uh, co-host says, follow us online. Drop us an email, too, if you want, at realpuckpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you guys think. Some of our hot takes. Brad Marchand. Dude, I saw people saying he should have been suspended for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Remainder of the season for Marchand is what I was reading. Oh, God. There's always someone, right? But, you know, I mean, people call me crazy because I, I didn't want... But there's always someone. I, I saw, was it Tom Wilson when he was throwing around Panera and oh, stuff? Yeah. That's this man for life, you know? For like, life, yeah. Come on. What sport are you watching? <laughs> for life. All right, well, episode 95 is a wrap. Thank you to Andre Burakovsky. For wearing that number. For wearing that or number. Or else we would have had nothing. We would have had nothing. Yeah. Well, we got nothing anymore. We're done. Episode 95 is a wrap. Thanks for joining us, Fox and Deep Podcast. Signing off for another week. We'll see you guys when we see you.